Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. I'm here with Matt Harmon and... Producer Brett, but more importantly, an exciting forget us chuckleheads, James Roday of A Million Little Things, Not Pieces, is here with us. That's right. Thank you for inviting me over. I was in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) In Vancouver. Yeah. No, I just, I love a clean startup bathroom. Oh, uh, we do have those here at the Yahoo campus. So I just thought I'd drop by and use as many of them as I could. (laughs) So you guys might not know this. James is very famous. He's been on many, many things. But Mostly he's famous for being the co-manager of one of my high big money leagues. It's a high stakes league. High stakes league. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the National Fantasy Football Championship. Are you do you ever worry like leading up to to times like this when you know that we're going to get to see each other and hang out and do whatever it is? I worry about doing. a lot when but we're But do you hang ever out, think actually. to yourself, "Oh man, he's too famous now." <laughs> Like, is that, <laughs> is that ever an issue for you where you're like, ah, is there ever going to come a point where it gets a little weird for us because he's just well, so big? I actually big? was worried that you were going to think that about, about you. Yeah. Mm, right. Because now the podcast, twice, the twice a twice week Twice a week, podcast. yeah. And yeah, don't yeah. forget the Fantasy Rush and yeah, Fantasy, Fantasy Football Live. And Cover 3. Yeah, yeah, And Cover 3, yeah. So that's good. I think that's a fair question for both of us. Um, and you don't have to answer it now. We'll let it ruminate. Yeah, Maybe yeah, we'll let, let the ruminate. audience decide. Yeah. yeah, the audience can decide by the end of the show. All right, good. Now we have a floater. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my my co-host here, he has an ex-lover, and they are the Car- Carolina Panthers, and they are without Cam Newton. But Well, it's a complicated relationship. Sure. Yeah. As they all seem to be. Anyway, what were your thoughts on Kyle Allen's driving the struggle bus in week five? I mean, he didn't look great. He Did had, he not pass the eye test? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this was definitely the worst of his three starts, I think. But, I mean, for all the jokes that, you know, like analytics Twitter has out there about who is or is not the engine of certain offenses with uh, the running back position, Christian McCaffrey was the engine of the offense today, and it seems like pretty much every day. So I think for the Panthers, they have to be really encouraged that they're 3-0 and without Cam Newton. And at this point, we know he's not going to come back until he's 100%. Whether that's going to happen at some point later this year um, or not, I think the fact that they're probably staying in contention here keeps those odds you know, more favorable that he is going to come back at some point this year. He also did my slop bucket of a team, the Titans, a favor by 
Oh, you're a Titans fan. By dropping the Jaguars. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. You hate to see that. Not that it's going to be really, <laughs> not that it's really going to matter for us down the stretch, but at least for now, it keeps that division as mediocre looking as ever. So you're, you're a Titans fan. I want to ask you yeah. off the top here. Are you, what do you feel about Derrick Henry? How, do you like Derrick Henry? I like Derrick Henry. I like the rhinoceros horn that shoots out the back of his helmet. <laughs> Hell yeah. That calls it his ponytail. Um, I'm it's way, what? I'm way into that guy. Uh, outside of Derrick Henry, that, that offense is very, very difficult to watch. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm a big Derrick Henry fan. I have been for a long time. And people like still get after me online that he's like not actually a good player. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I think he's pretty beastly. I think if they would if they could ever get anything going and and go and have a lead in the second half of a game, you nice. could just watch that guy crush people. Yeah, like down against the Falcons, he was like twenty seven carries and, and just destroy human beings. Yeah, but I love Derrick Henry. The problem is we have a college quarterback. <laughs> Uh, still playing like he's a college quarterback. So, I don't know. It's tough. Greg Olson's a little bit problematic from a fantasy point of view, right? He beasted against some bad... Well, people are playing him. The, the, yeah. I don't look at me sure. Like, it's no, not no, like a sure thing. No, I'm agreeing with you. No, he's um, a name that people still associate with production, you know? And he did go ham over the first two weeks of the season, but he's put together two duds, two targets, and a goose egg in terms of production here. No catches, obviously. No yards as well. Um, next week, though... The Carolina Panthers draw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have allowed the second most fantasy points heading into this week to the tight end position. Not that that's like a perfectly clean stat, but just for some sort of context. Do you think that's a decent bounce back spot for Greg Olson? Yeah, the Bucks are starting to emerge as one of those funnel defenses where mm-hmm. you can't really run on them all that well. Even in today's game, Alvin Kamara, 3.9 yards per carry. Um, and then Jared Cook kind of got, you know, he looked cooking. like a like a yeah. He got cooking. <laughs> he looked well. He looked like an actual human entity with four for forty one on six targets and a, and his first touchdown as a saint. I think that's a pretty good bounce back spot. That's a game where you kind of always have to ask yourself with the Bucks, like if they can really keep things competitive as like a team that can really get into a shootout because there's always a the potential that Jameis Winston can throw up on his own shoes and the Panthers defense. Today, I thought this was the most rattled I'd seen of Gardner Minshew so far. And that's one thing that I don't, and that's saying a lot because I don't think he's looked rattled at all for most of the season. So there were just a couple moments today where he lost a fumble. Um, the pressure seemed to get to him. So I think this Panthers defense is legit, even if the few of the wide receivers got rolling here. So I could see this being a game where we think it might be a shootout, but it doesn't necessarily go that way. I have a very important question, and it's probably going to be more for, for you, Liz, sure. uh, than you, Matt. But... I'm nervous. <laughs> What are the chances that Gardner takes advantage of the Halloween holiday and parades around as Schneider from one day at a time? <laughs> is he that clever? I mean, I think because he's, he's young, he should just go with it. I don't know if he knows who that person is. I think someone should tell him because he's seventy percent of the way there already. <laughs> I don't know what the hell your one day at a time is. You guys don't remember one. I know you don't, Matt. It's probably canceled before you were born, but <laughs> but one day at a time was a sitcom in the in the early eighties, and it may have started. You know I'm significantly younger than you. Yes, but you still like no entertainment. Yeah, sure. No, it was the it, references. They my lived. Friend. They lived in this apartment, and, and Schneider was the handyman. Mm. And uh, and if we brought him up right now, then you would both jump on this bandwagon uh, willingly because you would see <laughs> that Minshew is is ready to go. That's it. My, that, was, <laughs> that was that was my interlude. You guys gave me absolutely nothing on it. And uh, please, no, please, by all means, let's get back to talking football. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I, I do appreciate you, James, for moving us over to the Jacksonville side of the ball sure. because Leonard Fournette, for all of his inefficiency, has managed 333 yards over his past two weeks. He found the end zone today as well. 333 has got to mean something in some mystical oracle chapter book, right? I don't know what, but... I'm sure that there's a shop on Venice that on Venice Boulevard that could tell me. By the way, I was on Abercrombie on Friday. Venice is just like the the spot, the it's whole the thing. Spot, it's the spot. I was having a moment. <laughs> so, do we appreciate the fact that Gardner Minshew has, even if he had looked a little rattled today, is able to give this offense enough balance that they have an opportunity to get the run game going? Yeah, and I don't mean to say like he looked rattled all game. I just mean that this was the most like okay there were a couple like rookie quarterback moments which if if you're a six-round pick and you're just now having your rookie quarterback moments that's pretty solid I think with Leonard Fournette coming into week four when he went ham against the Broncos he had pretty much had like the best usage for any running back coming coming in there was just no production in terms of snaps you know percentage of team carries routes run on the team among running backs like he was getting all the work he was the ultimate trust the volume play in the last two weeks it's really turned around and to your point Liz I think it is because they have a legitimate quarterback back there in Gardner Minshew who's also unlocking DJ Chark who's unlocking Chris Conley D.D. Westbrook even has a little bit going yeah okay that that (laughs) one day at a time Pat Harrington Jr. indeed that that is pretty perfect there can we lay this to rest with a little bit more love yes Yes. James is showing us a photo of this corporeal human that he has a suggested looks like thank you Gardner Minshew, and indeed he is correct. But who the hell cares about this guy, Schneider, or Leonard Fournette when DJ Dammit Chark is defying matchups week to week? Now, he didn't do much last week with Chris Harris covering him, but he almost had a couple bombs. And this week against James Bradbury, who shut down Devontae Adams and uh, I think uh, New Hopkins as well. He had a good like, game against Hopkins, yeah. Wow. Like, caught 11, converted 8 of 11 for 164 and two scores. He is matchup proof. You are putting him, I assume, in your top 15 every week? I think he's the most surprising player for me personally for 2019. Yeah, Yeah. because he wasn't a guy that, like, was on my radar at all for this Jaguars receiver core this year because at different, I mean, D.D. Westbrook was the guy that I think everybody penciled in for 100 targets this year um, because he, it was pretty close to like a breakout season last year. He's that kind of speed slot player. Liz, you like Chris Conley, and I thought the Chris Conley pick was minorly intriguing, you know, too. Like, so there was something there. It pretty much, I, I don't know that anyone was project, projecting a big breakout season for DJ Chark, but I mean, he looks the part, too. Like, everything is there, and that connection's been clicking all He's got year. the Saints next week, too, and I will definitely put my money up against Chark instead of Lattimore. Doesn't D.D. Westbrook sound like, a, like an F. Scott Fitzgerald character? I mean, are we just, now we're just like, screw it. We're not even going to reference the 80s. We're <laughs> no, going to reference like, like it, it feels like D.D. Westbrook. In the 20s. It feels like D.D. Westbrook could have been like playing golf with Jordan in like Great Gatsby. Like, oh, Where's Jordan? Oh, she's she's got a tea time with Dee Dee Westbrook. At noon. It's a fair point. Um, anyway. He did show out much better. Thank you for referencing him, though. I mean, I think he has made up for the ugly drops that he had a couple of weeks ago. You know what's interesting, too? You mentioned that Lattimore um, matchup. Westbrook has the better matchup. Yeah, you're right. But 
One note that caught my attention last week during the Sunday Night Football broadcast when they were talking about Amari Cooper versus Marshawn Lattimore, and Marshawn Lattimore did a really good job against Amari Cooper, and then, you know, theoretically we have to, like, dig into the full report today, but, I mean, it looks like he did a great job against Mike Evans, who threw up a zero spot against the Saints. Mitt Eli Apple's on the other side. Right, and I thought what was interesting was uh, Chris Collinsworth pointed out during the Sunday Night Football broadcast that, like, He's like, I don't want to say he's lazy, but Marshawn Lattimore definitely the the staff has even noticed like he gets up for the bigger challenges, you know, like the Mike Evans, the Julio mm. Jones, the Amari Coopers of the world. He gets like really amped to shut those guys down. DJ Chark's having a great season, but I don't know that he's like Body. up to there, you know, like he's not right. at that status. So I wonder if Lattimore does like even travel around with a guy like Chark or, or if he does. This narrative that Colin, I guess it's one of the things that like a broadcaster said, I was like, that's actually really interesting because usually they don't just like, especially Collinsworth, now he's going to pull that out of his ass. Like he heard but it Bradbury's from somewhere. Bradbury's been much more consistent than Lattimore yeah. and Chark beat him. Yeah. We, you're talking about Chris Collinsworth's ass because I was distracted because I was sending a text. Yeah. And when I, I, when I got back into the group, it sounded like you were just talking about. Some, some people have daddy issues. Okay. It's a thing that some people have. <laughs> proceed. Sure. Okay. I think. If I were to have daddy issues, they wouldn't be for Mike Zimmer. He's mm. a little bit too strict strict of a daddy for me. He's a stubborn man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about him because... The eye patch look didn't do it for you a couple of years ago? I mean, that could be some, like, frisky pirate. Sure. Right? I mean, sure. again, I'd be more worried about, you know, getting conjunctivitis, but What fine. I'm hearing is that the eye patch did do it for her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it made her think about it. It is almost bit. Halloween. Well, you were talking about Minnesota <laughs> and Giants. We all know if anyone's doing it for me, it's Eli Manning, RIP. Oh. Yeah. So. Is that all he's doing these days? <laughs> oh, buddy. Um, let's, let's talk about the Vikings because for everything that happened... You know, heading into this matchup, uh, Matt and I were like, well, we're, I, well, I, I won't speak for you, friend. Um, I was like, I will lean into the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And that was half right mm -hmm. because Adam Thielen did go off and they squeaked yet, the right way, you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> but Stefan Diggs was upset and went to the locker room, did not have a lot of looks. Um, basically, Thielen got going and then in the second half, the team was far enough ahead so they could lean on the run game and then didn't need to air it out anymore, which is going to be a constant. But the good news is at least the first half opened with Kirk Cousins not just slinging the ball, but also managing completions. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, there were a couple of uh, big pressure opportunities, some key sacks that Kirk Cousins took, too. And it's like if that's happening against the Giants, like... That's a little problematic, but at well, the same time, yeah, definitely some good moments between him and Adam Thielen. The Diggs thing is weird because, like we talked about, uh, Mike Zimmer, strict disciplinarian type guy. I don't think this team wants to trade Stefan Diggs. They don't have really any incentive to do it. He definitely wants to be out. Wink, wink. Like, he wants to be out. He had that little wink today. There's been like a little bit of it seems like there's been a little bit of tension behind the scenes between these two parties for a long time now, even dating back into the offseason. Like he missed just missed some practices. Yeah, but the oh, yeah, same was true of Adam Thielen, too. Yeah, didn't but Adam Thielen like went off on Kirk Cousins down the stretch of last but he year. He never missed practice and you never miss. Let me we did a mouthless emoji. Let me ask you two this question. OK, if you're Gruden and the Oakland Raiders. Yes. And you've won three more games than you probably thought you were going to at this point in the season. And Tyrell Williams is down. And you've already tried to trade for Antonio Brown and it didn't work out. Are you at least kicking the tires on Stefan Diggs? Sure. Because you've got some momentum. 
And this is a much better take than the Patriots, by the way, which is the take that everyone has. And yeah, that's that is. Well, the, no, t- the worst take. Sorry, the worst take is people like a couple of like Washington fans. Like I tweeted about Stefan Diggs this week, and then they'll come in and be like, "Come on back home," because yeah, he's like from the. Right. Come on back home. It's like, geez, bro. Like he's not happy on the Vikings. He's gonna be f-ing happy with your team. I don't think so. I feel like you could use Diggs in a, in a lot of ways that they were probably thinking they were going to be able to use a B. In Oakland, sure. and they're in a division where all of a sudden the Broncos are terrible, the Chargers look pretty bad, mm-hmm. and the Raiders have a shot. They have a shot to do something this year if they keep playing the way they're playing. I don't know. I think that's fascinating, and I'm glad you brought that up because I keep thinking about the fact that the trade deadline is October 29th, which is swiftly approaching. Next week's matchup is against the Philadelphia Eagles. We know that that's a burnable secondary. Why in the world... Zimmer isn't at least showcasing Stefan Diggs in these big moment matchups where he could. I mean, you you want to showcase him for at least offers. See what you can get. Test the market a little bit. Why not test the market against the uh, against the Jack Rabbit and DeAndre Baker? Why not test him against this Eagle secondary? So I it is hard for me to pull away from him just yet because I have to assume that even from a business standpoint, they won't allow him or feed him. Unless unless this is just now like a I'm stubborn, you're stubborn yeah. contest. Could easily be. And to your point about the Raiders, they do have an additional first-round draft pick in the 2020 draft, uh, obviously via the Khalil Mack trade. Although they did have to, for, for like no reason at all, the Raiders also sent back their second-round right. pick for that Khalil Mack trade, but have another <laughs> third-rounder. So the, theoretically, if they really did want to, this is, this is a thing that they could, they could go make after. happen. So Wayne Gallman left this contest against the Vikings with a concussion. I don't know if he's going to clear protocol in time. It doesn't really matter because Saquon Barkley is trying to beat this crazy timeline and return from the high ankle sprain. I, I, Matt, tell me, James, yeah. tell me if you agree with me. It is not, in my estimation, worth it, thirsty friends who are on the waiver wire to try to grab this Jonathan Hillman imposter. We don't I mean Hilliman. Hilliman. He's got an eye stuck in there. Hilliman. It looks like yeah. it looks like Hillman, but right. he's, we he's thought got maybe that he tricky... was related to Ronnie. No, yeah, no. He's his own thing. Which is probably for the best, to be honest. Do we have any first of all, do we have any empirical evidence that he's a human that being Wayne Gallman has been penalized by the league because his name is Wayne Gallman. Uh, what, are you saying like this is the most boring name of all time? Yeah. Like is it possible <laughs> that that there's a conspiracy that maybe he didn't have a concussion. Well, I mean, is what this I'm saying. is an offense that has Daniel Jones at the Dan center of Jones it, so I don't think that they the ball care about Wayne Gallman. This is pretty vanilla, right? Yeah, this yeah, is, this well. is a, but this is like as vanilla as it gets. So it's it's maybe like artisanal vanilla. So it's like a Gettleman fever dream. Yeah, artisanal vanilla. Yeah, right. Yeah, like the sense. little the little speckles of vanilla in there. Little flakes. You know that's important, right? Dan Jones to John Hilleman, we think might be more exciting than Dan Jones to Wayne Gullman. I mean, he's an undrafted free agent. Somebody wake me up in week like, seven. Yeah, probably <laughs> just not gonna care. Like Gullman was. I don't think Gullman's like a good player or anything. You've said he was a workman. He's like the ultimate. Guess what's blocked maybe a jag yeah like maybe just another guy type of running he's an back. aspiring journeyman he, he's a, he's an aspiring <laughs> oh, that's great, journeyman James. Well done. running back but that's good enough when you get like 20 plus touches against washington to do really well in fantasy i don't know if old johnny hilleman uh against the patriots on a short week i don't know if i'm messing around with johnny that. hilleman is like a he's a plainsman do you know what i mean I think he's. I think he feels more comfortable 
like sowing the f- his fields. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Rotating his crops. I think so. Okay, makes sense. Now, if you do want to just just play the narrative here, after he originally played for Boston College in 2014 to 2017 and graduated and transferred to Rutgers where he finished his... Hilliman, you're speaking Hill, of. Hilliman, yeah. Uh, finished his career, led the team in rushing touchdowns as a redshirt senior at Rutgers. Little homecoming narrative, yeah. Patriots, Boston. Yeah. But also, isn't it kind of sad <laughs> to be to a redshirt senior? Isn't that like... It's like, move on. Isn't that like when your parents hold you back on purpose so that you'll be bigger and stronger than I all mean, the I other kids that. when you're in high school? <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately did that with my oh, kindergartner. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> boys developed. Yeah, I was in Texas. I went to school with a bunch of those dudes. They like they started puberty like 18 months before everyone else because mm. they were destined to play college ball. Yeah. Um. That's John Hilleman. That is John. We, we've just written his whole narrative now, right? John Hilleman, the plainsman who was yeah, who was plainsman. who was Malcolm Gladwell <laughs> as, as an elementary school student. We um, just made him sound so much more interesting, interesting than he far more interesting. Is. <laughs> uh, he's far more interesting to me now than he was yes. like twenty minutes ago. Indeed. So Matt's been taking a victory lap on a couple of things, one of which was a tweet about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Do you want to repeat it for the third time today? I mean, no, but I will anyways because you asked. Oh, I'm twisting your arm. Yeah, I'll Uh I'll, I'll do it. Uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans combined for seven catches and 125 yards and two touchdowns on 12 targets. It's a nice wide receiver duo they have down there in Tampa Bay. Do you know what the punchline is, James? I believe it's that Mike Evans uh, laid an egg today. Yes. Someone did. How clever is my co-host? I think my favorite, the real clever response was someone replied to me and said, yeah, did you see all that production Will Fuller and I combined for today? I was like, yeah, 217 yards between the two of you guys. You guys crushed it. (laughs) So are we tilted or jilted about Mike Evans? What did I say earlier? I I think I'm a little, I think I'm, I think I'm jilted because like preseason expectations here. I said tilted earlier. I don't remember what I'm saying. I don't know. What do you feel right now? Right now in the moment. I'm writing for in my Sunday night recap column in the five, one of the five things I don't care about this week are the preseason expectations for Mike Evans because five weeks into the season here, Mike Evans is not getting like number one, like all star volume. He's averaging seven targets per game. Godwin has been a at worst, like at absolute worst. He's been a one B in this offense with a broke ass hip, yeah. with a broke ass hip. <laughs> and I mean, you can say it's because maybe he's just straight up more talented Maybe it's because he's going to see the more advantageous matchups because he's that sort of big slot flanker move around the field, whereas Mike Evans is a versatility issue, versatility issue, just an X receiver guy doesn't get yards after the catch gets the downfield targets like he's going to be volatile week to week. There's no scenario really to me anymore where Mike Evans becomes this top eight wide receiver, which is what he was drafted to be. Pretty much everywhere. Well, I mean, the argument, too, is he had this crazy catch radius and he had a quarterback who struggled with accuracy and just wanted to sling the ball deep and could convert on those 50-50s and, you know, keep his quarterback in line. And now you have Chris Godwin who can climb all sorts of ladders as well all over the field and isn't as much of a, of an obvious target. We should mention that the Bucks. I think we said this earlier, have Carolina, but that is, I have to imagine that James Bradbury is going to be pretty pissed after giving up, like, two scores to, to Chark this week. And he's going to probably try to put the clamps down on Evan. So I don't like his matchup. And then they go into the bye, and then you're in week eight at Tennessee. Your team, buddy. Tennessee can actually uh, cover people. And uh, I think what they're third in the league in, in points allowed. So that's the one thing my squad has going 
going forward is is what they can do on the other side of the Jeez, ball. Tampa Bay, Carolina already got a rematch. Like we just saw these two teams play each also, other a few weeks ago. By the ago. way, Bruce, I Me think too. Bruce Arians is like in love with Godwin, isn't he? Like he he, he wants he to he wants to marry Godwin, and I think that's probably well, we're seeing a, we're seeing the result of that in this narrative as You're well. You're right. He did talk him up a lot. Oh my gosh. a lot in the preseason. I had forgotten that. That's it's one of point. those. Yeah. It's one of those things where like the coach, like the outrageous coach speak, where a guy just like comes out and makes you know some ridiculous like. We're gonna feed CJ Spiller till he pukes. Like we're gonna give oh Christian McCaffrey gosh. forty touches a game. <sighs> Bruce Arians comes out and says, "Oh yeah, I'm getting Chris Godwin hundred mm. catches this year." And we're all like, "Okay, I mean, look, he might not get him hundred catches, but it does mean he really likes him." <laughs> no, damn, he might get him hundred <laughs> catches yeah, this year. Incidentally, Liz got tilted uh, a little earlier when she was doing one of her other things that she does, and everybody thought it was pretty hot. <laughs> Go, oh go on. Yeah, that happened. Th- thank you, James. You're welcome. Oh, my God. Now I'm tilted again. Um, <laughs> um, so Teddy Bridgewater. Brett wrote on the outline, Tutties for Teddy. Matt. Teddy for Tutties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Tutties is, me- a, is a slang term on the streets for touchdowns. Yeah, the mean streets of Agora Hills. Hey. <laughs> Um, so D- Teddy Bridgewater did things. I know you don't care about him, though, Matt. Well, do you I, still not care about him because you can be fickle. I'm I'm gonna trip over while taking my victory lap on Will Fuller and all that other stuff here because, like, I definitely gotta say. Uh, I got to own up to, to being a little too harsh on Teddy Bridgewater the last few weeks. I, now, to be fair, I think shave he, that ceiling, friends. To be fair, I think he deserved his play deserved it the previous two starts and and when he came in in relief against the Rams I thought I mean he looked like the ultimate game manager like not pushing the ball down the field at all and any of that now, but today he was great I think he actually was hitting on deep passes um he was threading the needle good accuracy threading the needle huh and he's got a five star quarterback name meaning he Bridgewater? should be a, he, Teddy Bridgewater That's a good quarterback name This guy name. should own a planet like come on <laughs> he should own a planet <laughs> Uh, completed 26 to 34 for 314 and four touchdowns, no sacks, only one interception. Michael Thomas went off for, oh God, Michael Thomas is so f***ing efficient. Yeah, he's so good. 11 of 13 for 182 and two um, with a nice 42 yard catch that was very gorgeous. He's gorgeous. he's the best. I love Michael Thomas. That is Michael Matt's Thomas. favorite. And another somewhat pedestrian game for our first round pick in the NFFC, Alvin Kamara. Meanwhile, Christian McCaffrey just keeps so rubbing it in our faces. So this is a point that James is making because we, when we had our pick, it was decided he had, James was texting me who he was live at the draft. It, you know what? You and I were doing that damn live thing uh, when Antonio Brown yes. was oh. going to the Raiders. I couldn't. I, I was, was going to, to the fly Patriots. to Vegas yeah. to be with James and then couldn't do it because we had the rehearsal for FFL. And then we did that live stream about uh, the Raiders cutting Antonio Brown. While that was going on, James is like furiously like, I'm in a room, I'm drafting, what's going on? Running back ranks, and I said Alvin Kamara should be the number all number, number one. one overall we running back. Second. So, you know, we I had a pretty good feeling that Saquon was gonna go first. So really I knew that we were gonna be looking at Alvin or Christian. Mm-hmm. Or and, Zeke. But Zeke was holding out at the at yeah. the time. Plus he's Zeke and I don't know, it's just not that fun. It's not that fun to have Zeke. I get it. In my opinion. So I was vehement. She was very vehement that Alvin was the way to go, even though, like, you look at that, like, you look at that Carolina offense, you're just like, but man, they're just going to ride this dude until the wheels fall off. Yep. You know what the funny thing is, too? 
I mean, I was on Alvin Kamara's the first overall pick Convinced in the draft. Me. Yeah. And I was going to I was going to talk out of both sides of my ass here because <laughs> I was going to say, like, well, you got to remember that Drew Brees, you know, he's, he's not there. So <laughs> that shaves off the ceiling of the whole offense. But then, like, Carolina also doesn't have Cam Newton, right. So, like, right. can't really say that. I think McCaffrey's just taken his game to like he's gotten better every single year. And also, maybe be- the wheels will fall off the wagon. I just don't. I, I mean, mean, I don't want to. When pour, you're seeing that did, sort of touch total, he and he left the game the, with missed the last few yes. drives. I don't want to pour salt into the wound, but had we taken McCaffrey, we would be five and zero right now. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to say that, but I did. I just did. Well, what 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 is our record right now, James? We're scratching at two and three mm-hmm. if we can hold on this. But week. there's also a points total. Yes, and situation. and and we're still in the mix points wise, which is actually way more important in the NFFC than the Thank than the you. record is. There you go. That's correct. But yeah, Alvin Kamara, is he leaving you tilted or jilted? Clearly, I know my friend James here, uh, opinion. Jilted uh, just, just jilted. I mean, you are jilted over Kamara. No, I mean, I'm sorry, just tilted. No, oh, just tilted. No, 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 no. My bad. Like, let's not forget that, I mean, Alvin Kamara had one of these monster McCaffrey like games not that long ago against Seattle when he, when everyone's honking about, you know, McCaffrey, MVP, like, got to be in the conversation. Because uh, everyone just doesn't want to admit that it's always going to be a damn quarterback every year. He had this type of game not long ago uh, when he went to, against Seattle and caught nine passes for 92 yards and a touchdown scored and 69 and another touchdown on the ground. So, like, I think, yeah, he hasn't hit that massive ceiling yet, but he's getting all of the work in this backfield. And the offense is only going to get better as the year goes on. So I'm just tilted right now, but legitimately tilted, not like completely brushing it off because it has been a couple of floor games the last this is not a flippant tilt this is a thoughtful tilt a thoughtful tilt yeah that's a good way of looking at it jared cook has managed six targets in back-to-back games and he did get lucky this week but i think that is about matchup i'm not touching him against jacksonville next week no the only teams that uh you should be playing jared cook are the ones where you like really hate yourself and you just you didn't grab will disley or something like that and you're just you're you're asking like should i start dawson knox or whatever we both get to take a victory lap on the next matchup which is at Houston and Atlanta this was a matchup that we highlighted on Thursday show, well Friday show we recorded on Thursday um saying it could be a get right game for both Will Fuller and Calvin Ridley now Calvin Ridley did get right but Will Fuller got real 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 right <laughs> he got right like from uh, just the entire season of you know coming under 70 yards in every single game he goes out and I think I think Graham Barfield from NFL.com tweeted out that in PPR scoring, this was the ninth best fantasy game a receiver has ever had in in the history of fantasy football. So, like, pretty wild. 16 targets. No one else sees more than eight. Uh, He goes over 200 yards, catches 14 passes, obviously scores three times. The Atlanta Falcons can, like, just get out of my life forever. I'm so sick of – I'm sick of looking at this team. I mean, you as a Titans fan, you had to be watching last week Marcus Mariota, like, dropping dimes on this defense. I mean, not even really dropping dimes. Just How are you like, liking A.J. Brown? You like him. He had a couple good plays this week, too. I don't think again. I realized uh, how big A.J. Brown is. He is a beastly – It's because he was playing imp- next to D- D.K. Like Metcalf in college, so you don't realize the – Imposing yeah. figure. Broad um, shoulders. Yeah. Broad shoulders. He's a guy that – he's a guy that should be able to win some 50-50 balls and and run over some people if we ever get a quarterback that can get the ball to him. He has looked better in just his first five games than Corey Davis has like at any point in his career. Corey Davis just Speaking looks like Davis, a frustrated Who dude. said not to draft Corey Davis? Liz didn't want Corey Davis. Uh, to, all I can say in my defense is that when I took him, it was so late because nobody wanted him that it was I took him as depth and he sits on our bench where he belongs. Yeah, I hate adding him on a few waiver week. wires. Too, yeah. so By the it. way, if you told me that the lead singer of Third Eye Blind 
was a dude named Dawson Knox, I would believe you. <laughs> I love the name. Like, I love the name Dawson Knox for a football player. I would just, I would take it in stride and it was like, oh, yeah, that, that, that sounds right. Scott, I actually Wikipedia, it's Jonathan Hilleman. Hilleman? Is, the name, is the name of Third Eye Black. Oh, Brad, nice. Yeah. Very, cool. Very good. Oh, oh yeah. nice callback, Brad. Yeah. Over yeah. there. Welcome. So, Welcome to the show. Third Eye Blind's putting, I think they just put out a new song. Look wow. at that. In the year 2019, who would have thought? I mean, if anyone's taking a victory lap, clearly it's Third Eye Blind. <laughs> <laughs> well deserved. Uh, the Bears aren't taking a damn victory lap. Oh, my God. It has been a bad week for all of Liz Lowe's lovers and teams. My goodness. From the Rams to the Bears to the damn Jags. 0-3 on loads of teams. Woof. Yeah, no revenge game for Khalil Mack. You hate to see that. Gruden was, it, I mean, I think he said he was supposed to be dancing in the locker room, but that definitely looked like a seizure after after the game, like something. I thought that it was a blood bu- sugar issue. Yeah, something, something. Uh, he was hyped up. but And look, like you said earlier, they're three and two. They're better than I think even they probably could have expected. That was to James's be point at this for point. Sure. Yeah. And, and they did it without Tyrell Williams. Did it without Tyrell Williams. And Josh Jacobs was. Had himself a game. Once a, like We have Josh Jacobs. I know. There are a few <laughs> members of the fantasy. Hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team, but when James uh, Orday is on our damn podcast, all I want to talk about is our fantasy team. I've, I'm liking like the the more the moratorium on like every single pick that you guys have had yeah. so far because what yeah. we've had a Camara, we've had we've all gone all the way to Corey Davis. We have Derek Henry, by the way. Oh, hell like, yeah! That yeah. was a homer pick that I'm very proud of because he's been steady for us. Like, yes, because yeah. he keeps scoring. So. Unlike Josh Jacobs, who did come to life in, came to life in a completely. Um, in an ima- unimaginable way. Yeah, I had some. There was one DFS lineup where I played Josh Jacobs. So, what was your thought process? Volume. Like, mm. I didn't think mm. that. Like, with a a game like this, that number one, like it's played on a neutral field because this was in London. I think that always, you know, lends it. It doesn't know. It just means that no one's gonna have that home field advantage. You know, like. Do you hold on? Do you think Sophie Turner was? No, it wouldn't have made sense. I was gonna say, do you think Sophie Turner was rooting for the Bears because of House of Tyrell? I thought she was rooting for—I mean, that was why I wasn't surprised that the Bears lost, because the Starks always end up dead, you know what I mean? Wow. Oh, snap. Uh, but I was—the process really was just, like, he, I think he's going to get a ton of volume because he's really the only game in town. Actually, DeAndre Washington popped up for a little bit here and there today. Actually, vultured one touchdown, but didn't matter because Jacobs found it in the end zone two more. Um, and the Bears, obviously tough matchup, but sometimes if you're going to give the guy, you know, the ball enough— it's not going to matter. That was my thought process here. And it, it, you're we pay- saw that with Dalvin Cook the week before too. Yeah. yeah, you're paying to be you're paying to be contrarian too. Like that's an okay thing to do sometimes in daily fantasy when you want to. You know, he's not like a eleven dollar Auden Tate flyer or whatever. But hey, ten dollars easy. Ten dollars Auden Tate flyer or what? Hey, he popped in that end zone too. The Chase Daniels experience. What are we thinking about it? Like, I think here's here's what I've got. Allen Robinson is going to get fed talking about volume, right? Like, this is Ugh, Allen Robinson yes. is steady Eddie. You know, he reminds me of of Robert Woods last year. I mean, way better player than Robert Woods. Fine, but, fine. but in terms of like constant production, steady, just. When Cooper Cup was out, Robert Woods it was not the flashy player, but he was the workman who was getting it all done. And Allen Robinson did have a gorgeous play. And you can talk about his, you know, success rate versus coverage stats all you he want, Mr. Awesome reception today. presumption. Sure. Great. But I think that you can all you're always gonna start. He's gonna you're gonna be a he's a solid, what, like high end wide receiver too every week. Yeah, he had been a floor play coming into this game. He had six plus catches in three or four games, seven seven or more targets in every single game. So you were looking at him as that floor guy and he was getting a ton of volume uh, in terms of like his market share, the bears offense. So you, you did see that floor. And then today, like chase Daniel, he, 
throws two picks, takes four sacks, but still completed over 73% of his passes. Like, that's not something that you're going to see. At 7.7 yards per attempt, you're not going to see that combination line up for Mitch Trubisky. If Mitch Trubisky's ever going to complete that kind of rate of his passes, he's going to be doing it like 4.5 a pop. So it's that stability at the quarterback position against a bad secondary, all all caveats uh, to consider here. But I, I think you saw that when that volume is going to turn into production is when you actually get a stable quarterback back there. Moving. So obviously both these teams are going on by next week because they're coming out of the London game. And then David Montgomery is going to have the Saints I don't like any of these matchups. And I am. we talked about this a little bit on Thursday's episode, but the frustrating thing about Dave Montgomery is I do believe him to be a versatile player. And it's so frustrating that Jordan Howard was cut because he made the Bears' offense too predictable, and yet Matt Nagy isn't using David Montgomery's versatility in such a way that prevents him from being predictable. But I think that Montgomery has, has enough, like, proof in the passing game that he's a solid player like he's had three catches in a couple of games so like that's enough Tariq Cohen's getting seven targets he's getting as many targets as Anthony Miller and I know that's part of what you have under center and the matchup it's the game script too they fell behind 14 they're 14 to nothing really quickly and I think that's a situation where a player like Montgomery he's he's just not is he game script dependent? Well, and he's he's just not like a net negative in the passing game like Jordan Howard is. Like you said, everyone sure. knows when Jordan Howard's out there, 95% of the time it's going to be a run play. Montgomery at least gives you a little bit of thought, but when you're going into halftime down 17 points, you're probably playing Tariq Cohen a lot. And to 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 be fair, he still had four for 26, I think, heading into the half. So The Green Bay Packers trounce the Dallas Cowboys, who have lost two in a row now, and <laughs> this is another thing you can be half right. Sometimes in fantasy, you're half right, you know? Green Bay, uh, Aaron Rodgers was my bust of the week. He did pass for 238 yards. He didn't score a single touchdown, even though the Green Bay Packers won by 10 points over the Cowboys. I thought, and I think we all agreed, that this was going to be a game that was kept on the ground, mm-hmm. right? That the Green Bay Packers were vulnerable on the ground. This should be a big Zeke game. In fact, it was enormous Aaron Jones game. 19 carries for 107 yards and four touchdowns, averaging 5.6 YPC while he was doing it against a solid Dallas Cowboys defense. I also think that Tyron Smith, uh, the Cowboys left tackle not being in, really did fluster Prescott in a way a lot of people didn't anticipate. And Lyle Collins got hurt yeah. in this game, too. So there, there was a picture I tweeted out of, like, Dak in like perfect drop back form, but like three defenders right in front of his face. I was like, this seems problematic. Circumstance um, forced the Packers to free Aaron Jones, and this is what happened. You're right. Jamal Williams was concussed. And do you think, James, yeah. this is good? Because obviously you're familiar with uh, this. Uh, he was the former OC in Tennessee, Matt LaFleur, sure. now the HC in Green Bay. So you, I know you have familiarity because of your, your the team you root for. You were frustrated with his indecisiveness about the backfield at the top of last year in Tennessee. Absolutely. We saw shades of that in Green Bay. Do you think this performance from Aaron Jones is enough to make Matt LaFleur have his Week 14 aha moment about Derrick Henry? I mean, it should be more than enough. It should be indicative of what he does moving forward. But we're talking about a guy who, what, he he called the 30th ranked offense in the league last year and somehow got got his own Well, I heard he had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay. Like, I... It's crazy. Like, if, if this is a guy who's going to keep failing upwards, then he's probably not too worried about what plays he's calling. <laughs> also, welcome to America. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know what I thought was interesting? Like, 
before kickoff, well, before the early game kickoffs, uh, Aaron Jones had apparently said that he thought he could match Ezekiel Elliott, go toe to toe. Looks like, by the way, uh, that he was conservative uh, yeah. in that estimation. He well outkicked Ezekiel Elliott in this game. But the funny thing is, we're talking about Matt LaFleur. He apparently said uh, on that, he's like, I'm more or less, you never go for any bulletin board material. They do a damn good job running the football. Zeke is a damn good back. And by the way, we're playing a pretty damn good defense. It's like, man. Uh, Button it up a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, because, oh. A little weird to not like come out and be like, yeah, I mean, I think we've got the better back in this game. And like, no. he could definitely do that. It's weird that he like was, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a strange thing for a head coach to say. And then like for Jones to come out there and really dominate, I thought was a, 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 st- a statement performance, if you will, sure. by Aaron Jones. And by the way, that game was for those. If you didn't see it, that game was not nearly as close as the score might suggest. No, I mean, it was at one point like, oh, man, Dallas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you have to if you're Dallas and I was as hyped as anyone was about Dallas for the, in the first two weeks. Go ahead, what? That's still a fair estimation, though, because it's not like Dak didn't put it up in the air. He did. I mean, Amari Cooper yeah. managed 226 <laughs> yards like Michael yeah. Gallup in his game back from injury went for over 100. So Kellen Moore 14 is targets still for both. airing it out. In a mo- even with the injuries to the O line, the ghost and Zeke of Randall Cobb had fifty yards. Well, it was well, a, revenge a revenge game, game so <laughs> um, I don't know if you know. He and Aaron Rodgers shook hands before the match. Oh, um, um, the, but the thing about that was like, so my, I was watching this game, pretty much this game just exclusively because, like, all right, I don't care what the Broncos and Chargers are doing over there. And what stood out to me was, you know, yeah, Dak made some unbelievable throws, like to Gallup mm-hmm. to Cooper in that third quarter when they were really trying to put it back together. Um, they were, you know, well out of the game at that point, but obviously trying to make it interesting, which you could say this successfully did in the second half with 34 yards, I mean, 30 or 30, 24 points. But it was still also sandwiched with some, like, crucial mistakes, too. So the the problem for Dallas and what they're going to hear, you know, all the talking heads say is, well, yeah, you go out and you cream the Giants, Washington, the Dolphins, and then you take two pretty bad-looking losses to the Saints and Packers. Or have you really taken that next step in terms of like the best teams in the NFC? No, I don't. I mean, it didn't look pretty, but I still. It is hard for me. When would you ever imagine Dak Prescott passing for over four hundred yards and two touchdowns? The, the problem. The problem is though. It's like, just not getting it done. I understand it, but it's not. It's not as though. The passing element and ability isn't there, even no. if it hasn't translated into wins. No, you're right, and and there was also just some like just unfunctional protection today too. Like Cameron Fleming, holy hell, bro! Like maybe he was he was having that like remember that game a couple of years ago uh, when Zeke was suspended and everyone was talking about oh see Dak can't play without Zeke, mm-hmm. but it was really Chaz Green is playing for Tyron Smith at left tackle, right. and he got I think he let up like seven freaking sacks to Isn't that the Adrian Falcon. Claiborne. Adrian Claiborne had yeah. like the game of his life. Um, yeah, that was like Cameron Fleming today on several plays against Darius Smith and all those Packers guys, who also, by the way, came into some bulletin board material. I wasn't aware of this, but apparently Ray Lewis said no one in the front seven for um, Green Bay has any leadership. And so every time Zadarius Smith would sack the quarterback today, he would do that little Ray Lewis dance. Nice. Cool. Like, see, sometimes I really wanted, speaking of that stuff, I really wanted Aaron Jones to do the Zeke eating thing mm. after one touchdown just because, like, it would be so extra. Um, week seven, I think, is the biggest test for the Dallas Cowboys because they get Philadelphia, and we've talked about their secondary. So that should be a high-scoring affair, and hopefully— 
enough balance that this team can turn things over, though, you know, I don't really care about the NFC East. Do you think there's anything going on in Dallas where, you know, because Dak doesn't have a deal and because every time he goes out there, he's basically playing for the deal that he's willing to wait for, mm-hmm. that Jerry Jones is saying... You know, I don't want Dak Prescott winning games for us. I want Dak Prescott managing games for us. And I want Zeke Elliott winning games mm, for us. Because one player has already been paid. Correct. And so. <laughs> um, and games like today are not. That's not the game script Dallas ever wants. Because they don't want Dak Prescott. Because then he will earn numbers. his money. And he's going to have to. Right? right. Interesting. Well, that's a nice conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. You can keep an eye on it. James, um. Tell other people, tell everyone else what you've got going on. You've got a lot going on. You're only in L.A. for like 48 hours. Yeah. And you called me, which was so sweet of you. Yeah, I'm actually, um, I'm going to do this with you guys. And then I'm headed to uh, see my old friend, uh, Pocket Jesus, uh, Cairo Santos. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and take him out of his misery um, <laughs> before I head back up uh, to Vancouver. What are the? What's the over-under on how much longer he has a job? I'm well, hoping 20 minutes. Your pal Corey Davis today said, we believe in our kicker. How? How can you believe in a guy? Who, he couldn't even put a 32-yarder. Like I, And then how does Vrabel send him back out there after he's missed three kicks? Poor Cairo, man. I mean, this, what is it with kickers? Like, Well, let's do. Yeah, well, that's the uh, thing. Like, we'll, like, these kickers, man, just like it just goes and it just like, goes. Like, never date a kicker, right? Like, Don't ladies, if you're listening, why would you ever date a kicker? I'm sure they got some really nice quads and stuff, but like... Can you imagine the head case that a kicker must be? 12 points he left on the field. Mariota steps over the line of scrimmage. I mean. Well, now it's just becoming tight. Bush League. It's Bush League. I'm sorry. Uh, no, what am I doing? Plug I, show. I'm sorry. I'm on a television program um, of, the, of the network variety uh, called A Million Little Things that most people mistake mistakenly call A Million Little Pieces. The truth is it doesn't really <laughs> matter because there's a million of them. Um, it's on Thursday nights uh, at 9, 8 central. 8 central, and it is about a group of middle-aged people uh, who just constantly, constantly uh, get curveballs thrown at them um, emotionally. <clears throat> I, I think it is the better This Is Us. Thank you for saying that, Liz. Uh, we've, gotten, we've gotten a couple people saying that, like, on the social media, on mm-hmm. the interwebs, and it's 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 nice to hear because when we came out of the gates, we were basically being tagged as, like— a sad, you know, this is us ripoff, even mm-hmm. though, you know, we have enough differences that why can't two shows about people suffering on a weekly basis exist, coexist? I think mm-hmm, they can. Mm-hmm. It's like Burger King and McDonald's. You know, you can have options. There's room for both. Co- coexisting and suffering. Exactly. <laughs> um, but NCIS now, has like, you know, many operations yeah, going on. Under their own umbrella. Yeah. Um, but it, I think we've created enough separation now that um, people can see us as our own as our own, you know, piece of entertainment. I think it's a fantastic program. Is there anything else you want to plug before we go um, get out of here and drink? Uh, No. As soon as you said drink, I just wanted to be quiet. (laughs) Get to the end. (laughs) All right. On that note, you can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. You can follow James on social media at... Uh, uh, at James Roday, I put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> hey, I'm nice. at Liz Lowe's underscore Faf. That's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. We out and we'll see you on Friday. <laughs> <laughs>